Welcome to Behind the Line, where we pull back the curtain on the challenges facing first responders and frontline workers. The work you do is unique, and so are the stresses that go with it. Join me as we tackle key issues to reduce risks for burnout, and as we work to support you in doing the job you love without sacrificing being the kind of person you want to be. Hey there, and welcome back to Behind the Line. I'm your host, Lindsay Foss. If you are new to Behind the Line, what you should know about me is that I am a clinical counselor specializing in trauma therapy. And after over a decade working with first responders and frontline workers around issues like burnout, compassion fatigue, PTSD, and related OSIs, I've become a passionate wellness advocate and educator for those who sacrifice so much for our communities out on the front lines. Behind the Line is a place for us to talk about the real-life behind-the-scenes challenges facing you on the front lines. I created this podcast with the hope of bringing easy access to skills for wellness, allowing you to find greater sustainability both on the job and off. As you likely know by now, we are into a new series about what to do when you've quote-unquote done the work or are through the bulk of the work of processing and healing from trauma and stress-related injuries. We've spent the last two weeks talking about how to know when you've done the work, what to look for that lets you know and gives you the feedback that you have moved through the bulk of it and are coming out the other side. This week, we're starting to dive into what comes after the work. When you've done the intensive therapy or worked to process through the hard experiences you've faced, what comes next? Where do you focus your time and energy to maintain what you've worked so hard for? How do you protect yourself from finding your way right back to where you started? What do you do with the pieces that still feel more sensitive than you hoped they would when all of this was done? I hope that this episode And the next couple of episodes will help to answer those questions. And I hope that if there are more questions that emerge for you, that you'll let me know so we can continue to tackle this topic in ways that support you best going forward. You can connect with me on social media at Lindsay A. Foss or email me at support at thrive-life.ca. My contact info and links are always in the show notes, so please don't hesitate to reach out. Okay, so we've established some of the things to look for to help guide you in knowing where you're at in the process of healing, and that can give you some feedback to tell you that you're through the worst of it and making some steady gains in a new direction. To get here, you have put in a ton of work. And I'm sure that it hasn't been easy. But now what? Well, the primary focus is to stay on top of things and to maintain all you've worked so hard to accomplish. So how do you do that? Well, this may sound too simple, but the answer is this. Assess and adjust. Let's start with assess. One of the reasons that people wind up in burnout, traumatic stress responses, and other stress-related challenges is because they let things that were too big go for too long without recognizing them for what they were and doing something effective 
about them. When we avoid, ignore, and leave things too long, pretending that we are fine, we make it all so much worse. Now, I want to be clear that I don't think people generally purposefully neglect their trauma, thinking that it will magically get better. I do, however, think that people generally have no idea what they should be looking for to help them know that that's what they're dealing with. And I think that people generally get so caught up in the daily demands of life that they legitimately miss noticing how bad things are getting until it's so bad that it stops them in their tracks. I also think that our trauma is not just made up of the big stuff alone. It can be an additive effect where big and small things pile up on top of each other so gradually and progressively that we don't fully notice it until the pile becomes smothering. It isn't as straightforward as that one really traumatic call. It's often childhood experiences mixed with marital stress, financial uncertainty, parenting stress, and then on top of that, add the work-related exposure to traumatic material. And then on top of that add the toxic and often dysfunctional organizational systems within which we are not sufficiently supported to face what you tend to face. And, you know, then there's the jerk in the grocery store parking lot and the mean mom at your kid's school and the boss you can't stand. Like, it's an amalgamation of these big and small offenses, difficulties, and traumas that shape our experience in nuanced ways until we realize that they have completely eroded our sense of self and stability within our own existence. Behind the Line is sponsored by Beating the Breaking Point. Beating the Breaking Point is a seven-part online training program designed specifically for first responders and frontline workers and tailored to fill the gaps in your training to support resilience and sustainability. Whether you're new to the work and wanting to cultivate tools to prevent burnout, compassion fatigue, and related concerns, or you are deep into your years on the job and have gone a few rounds with burnout and other mental health challenges, this program offers the foundational pieces you need to support personal and professional wellness for the long haul. You are a helper. You love your work and you sacrifice a lot. Investing in you and your sustainability is the best gift you can give yourself and those who lean on you. We make this program as risk-free as possible by offering a limited money-back guarantee to ensure that it's a fit for you. If you enjoy Behind the Line, you are going to love this program. Google Beating the Breaking Point Lindsay and find everything you need to get started or use the link in the show notes. Now, back to the episode. If you've done the work of healing or are in the process of that work, you'll know that some of the greatest discomfort comes in the reckoning. For many of my clients, the hardest part of their work will be the effort at becoming aware of their own shit. Stopping and really looking at it. No longer ignoring it, 
avoiding it and passing it off like it's normal and fine and the same as what everyone else is dealing with. To see it for what it is, is uncomfortable, to the point of distressing sometimes. Naming it and recognizing that it's worse than we've given it credit for is unsettling. And yet, frankly, if we can't see it and name it and know what it is, then we can't ever do any work to interact with it. So, in doing the work, we carry with us this newfound capacity to call a spade a spade. We've done the very uncomfortable work of peeling back the layers and looking at each and every one of them with new eyes. We've developed tools like awareness, mindfulness, self-compassion, and boundaries to support us in carrying this forward. And that is a key part of where we need to focus our time and our attention once we have done the bulk of our healing work. Because let's be real, life won't stop lifing. It will continue to throw new things at you, and it will be tempting to fall back into old habits of ignoring and avoiding and pretending it's all good. We don't want to find ourselves right back where we started. We have to change how we approach the whole process. So, here is what you can be working on investing in schedule two types of check ins. Yes, I'm giving you homework. First, a daily check in. I know this might sound like a lot, but I swear doing this will cost you less time energy, and frankly, money than if you find yourself having to return to intensive therapy down the road. On a daily basis, have a time where you sit and reflect on your day and how you felt in it. What went well? What felt life-giving? Where did you shine? Who showed up for you? What was challenging? Did you rise to the challenges or are there learnings about how you would want to approach those differently next time? What was hard or uncomfortable? What did you do with the hard or uncomfortable and how do you feel about how you handled that? Where was your mood at and what contributed to shaping that? What did you do to help shape it? While this might sound like a lot of questions, you should be able to do this in about 7 to 10 minutes, which I am almost certain you can afford to carve out the time for. Oh, and yes, all of these questions will be in the show notes for you to reference. The next type of check-in I want you to schedule is bi-monthly, so every other month. I want you to print off our Beating the Breaking Point Indicators Checklist and Triage Guide. It's free. You can find it on our website. It'll be in the show notes. I want you to print it off and complete it. Notice where you're at and use the triage guide as a roadmap to help you stay aligned in using skills that keep you well. Keep your completed checklist. Find a pretty binder or a cool folder or a drawer to store these. And each time you do one, compare it to the one 
or a couple of ones before. I want you to do this to notice patterns, as well as any changes that indicate worsening symptoms. Use the guide to help map out tools to support you in staying on track or getting back on track if you've been veering off of them. This is going to help you to catch things quicker and see the trajectory if you're starting to spiral down, which will help you activate your action plan to keep you on track way faster. And that helps keep you exactly where you want to be on this side of being through the thick of it. This brings us to adjust. Assessing involves awareness and making the time to see the forest for the trees so we don't ignore and passively avoid. Adjusting takes the information we glean from our self-assessing and considers what we need to keep ourselves in a place that feels aligned with our goals and connected to the people we have worked so hard to be. Adjusting doesn't have to look like big sweeping changes. More often than not, it's about small tweaks. But it all starts with seeing where we're at risk so we can be effective and accurate in making tweaks that actually serve the needs we have rather than just throwing a ton of shit at the wall and hoping something sticks. Here's an example. My daily and bi-monthly assessments might indicate that I'm feeling more tense and burnt out, and I'm aware that I've been giving a lot and not taking time for myself to have quiet time alone, which I know to find rejuvenating. Seeing the problem clearly and the needs that are connected to this, I can make some small adjustments that can start moving me in a better direction. Things like waking up 15 to 20 minutes earlier to have some quiet time with my coffee and a book in the mornings has actually honestly been a valuable part of my own personal journey. It's not huge, it doesn't demand much from me, and it gives back in disproportionately awesome ways. To make this tweak, a couple of other tweaks also had to happen. My nighttime routine had to adjust a bit to be able to get enough sleep to not begrudge this earlier waking up. But with that, it feels so much better than resenting everyone for taking up my time and energy and never getting my own need for time alone met. It serves me and everyone else better. Adjusting can look like changes and adaptations to your self-care. Maybe you need a bit more time for self-care. Maybe you need to adjust some self-care that used to work but isn't meeting the need anymore. Maybe you need to adjust the heart you're bringing to your self-caring actions. Adjusting can also look like changes and adaptations to your boundaries. Maybe you need to practice stronger boundaries with someone in your life. Maybe you need to hold stronger internal boundaries as you work out what you will permit or tolerate. Maybe your boundaries are really rigid, still tied to a time when you felt like you had to do a lot to self-protect, but maybe this is keeping you lonely and disconnected. Adjusting can look like mindset changes. Choosing how we bring ourselves into situations and interactions and being mindful of engaging as the people we choose to be rather than from our default settings. Again, none of this has to be big and sweeping. It happens in the small things and gets tweaked until we find a sweet spot. 
And then life will happen and the sweet spot will change and we'll continue to tweak until we find it again. The capacity to assess ourselves and our surroundings accurately, identify and attune to our needs, and utilize these to inform the choices we make to help ourselves align to the people we choose to be are core aspects of post-traumatic growth. While our experience of trauma can impact us in ways that can be negative and show up as a disorder, they can also impact us in ways that can be positive and show up as an opportunity for growth. If we move through healing, we can find that our experiences of trauma give us a sense of valuing life, valuing people, and valuing ourselves. We can come to see strengths in ourselves we would never otherwise have known. We can gain clarity around our values and discover internal passions we might not have discovered. Let me be really clear that none of this is to say that the trauma experiences are good or that we have to be grateful for them, but that if we have to live with them regardless, it's okay to hone in on how they've grown us at least as much as how we're aware of how we have felt broken by them. In the Beating the Breaking Point Resilience Training Program, the core training outlines many of the skills we've talked about today and goes into way deeper detail, as well as walking you through personalizing and applying this framework to your own life. While the training isn't therapy, it is all of the most essential information I find gives my clients light bulb moments in the therapy room, and it's all distilled down into seven videos. If you haven't checked the training out, I would highly recommend that you do. We're actually adding a community and coaching component to the course that will be coming really soon, and those who register now will be automatically added to the new program when it launches in the next month or so. But you'll get it at the price of the core training alone. I'll leave a link in the show notes, and I hope you check it out and join me inside the program. I want to thank you so much for joining me today. If you value this podcast and want to help us in our mission to support frontline wellness, there are three ways that you can do exactly that. Number one, rate and review behind the line on Apple podcast or wherever you're listening. Number two, follow me on social media at Lindsay A. Foss and engage with me and this amazing little community that we're building. Every time that you like comment and share our posts, You help us spread like wildfire, thanks to the magical algorithm. And number three, share this resource and our other resources with those you know, whether that's forwarding our weekly newsletters onto your friends and coworkers, listening to the podcast as part of a team meeting, or using our burnout indicators checklist and triage guide as a staff-wide tool. Every little bit helps us to take our mission to the next level and serve those who are sacrificing so much to serve our communities out on the front lines. Know that we can be found online on our website, on most major podcast platforms, as well as on YouTube. We make all of our resources available to you because the work you do matters. But more than that, you matter. And we want to make sure that you have what you need to keep up the good work at work, as well as in your very real and meaningful life outside of the work. So use it and share it 
And until next time, stay safe.